Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Welcome everyone to episode 27. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Got a bit of hay fever. You got hay fever? You don't get hay fever. Uh, no, You've never had hay fever. No, no, never had it. No. But you know, I told you about four weeks ago I had a cold. Remember? Yeah, cold. yeah. Well, it was a couple of weeks ago. And it came and it went. Yeah. Then it came back and it went again. It wasn't it came a cold. Back and, it went. and it wasn't a cold, Steve. Sneaky hay fever. Sneaky hay fever. Well, I wouldn't believe it, you see. I, I've been uh, free of it for 72 years, and now suddenly <laughs> I've got it. You're revealing your age now. Everyone will know. Oh, they know me. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, uh, I'm too old. I'm too old to worry about it. <laughs> and suddenly developed hay fever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's annoying. Mm. Well, yeah, never mind. I, at least I know what it is now, and I've got my antihistamine. You, you have got them. I, got I told them. listeners, I said to him, because I, well, sort of suffered with hay fever, but it was something else. But I used to take antihistamines. So I said, Dad, get your antihistamines. Well, I got it. I got, I got the first one down, me, sir. So. Did you get <laughs> non-drowsy ones? No, I got drowsy ones. So you're going to fall asleep? I know. <laughs> if you hear this on the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's fallen asleep. No, no, I thought, no. I, I, that, it's, it's a good thing. I thought, I'll be a bit drowsy. That, that, that sounds, sounds just about right. <laughs> just pop, pop one before the podcast. Yeah, that would be perfect. <laughs> Oh anyway, well, you get what about nice. you, mate? What about you? Um, mate? You've been a busy lad. Oh, I've been mega busy, and I've I've been having a great time. You Absolutely, have, you really enjoyed I, it. I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. Um, to keep, just to let everyone know, I've just done a play, a Bernard Shaw play called Geneva, at uh, Shaw's Corner, which is Bernard Shaw's house, uh, in Hertfordshire, which is just north of London, and just uh, finished a run of that, and it was just fantastic. It was the most most fun I've ever had doing a play. I laughing all the way through. The play itself is pretty funny it's very political mm. um set in 1938 so pre-war and there's a lot of uh, uh european politics involved so it's not yeah. an entirely funny subject but there's humor in the play yeah but my god i've never laughed so hard doing a play ever i was, <laughs> I was explaining to dad earlier that there's uh, many 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 things that we had to giggle about and i just yeah absolutely buzzing so um yeah, so, yeah, I did that. And this was an outdoor venue. It was uh, an outdoor venue. Wasn't it? Which is even more exciting, in, I think. In this, yeah, in our British summertime as well. <laughs> you didn't have any rain, though, did you? We, on one of the nights, we had spits of rain, yeah. Did you? It had gone by the time I came on, thank God, but it was it was wet on, on, the, on the ground and oh stuff. Dear. But But this is just the, the thing. We, we all had umbrellas planted inside the porch, <laughs> so that if at any point it started to really chuck it down, because we can't stop the show unless it's like... Lightning, I suppose. Yes, I but suppose. if it's raining, we just everyone on the grass pitches up with umbrellas. So I often wonder what happened. You know, you, you, there's a lot of outdoor um, theatre, isn't there, there in is. this country? Yeah. And I think this is not the country to have outdoor theatre. No. <laughs> <laughs> trust the weather. That's it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it was. Um, it was interesting. But yeah. yeah. So just finished that, and now about to go on tour with a, another production for a couple of weeks. Man. Then back at Shaw's Corner. Back at Shaw's Corner in July, yeah. doing another play. Yeah. So. It's a very busy time. Still managed to find time to get these podcasts in, though, don't oh, we? Well, I hope so. You have a revolt <laughs> on your hands if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one's going to go up a little bit late, so I'm sorry about that, guys. But um, oh, I'm sure people understand. Yeah, as long as they get it. Yeah, they'll get one. So anyway, yeah. So we've been both been been very busy. Been very busy. Now this week, I wanted to talk about last week. You mentioned the exhibition you had at this li- at Broadstairs Library. Mm. Um, where we're recording this podcast, not the library, but in Broadstairs. And you said you were doing an exhibition for, for your students' work. Yeah, that's right. And I wanted to touch on that because that's yeah, interesting. Well, it's what? interesting, actually. Well, you know, I mean, everybody knows that I, I had private classes in my... In, in the gallery. My, in the gallery. Yeah. And uh, for 18 years, 
Uh, it was quite a long time. Successful. But when we first started off, um, I had quite a few classes. I think it was six at one time. I had six private classes a week. Wow. Yeah, I know. And, uh, and if you think 14 people per class, you give you an idea of how many people we had. Yeah. It was, it was, it was mega. And of course, you could imagine that they produced a lot of pictures. Mm. Well, after about uh, two and a half years, I believe, uh, we, I think it came from a member of the classes, one of them said, Colin, do you think we could have an exhibition? And I said, well, that's a good idea. So up the like, local Broadstairs Library, I went along to see them and said, oh, yeah, sure, you know. So I booked it for a fortnight. It was in the summer, in the summer months. And everybody then, you know, submitted. They could only submit a couple of pictures. You can imagine how many there were. And we filled the library up with all my students' work. It was fantastic. I, I mean, I, I still remember it today that everybody was buzzing, as you can imagine. Because yeah, yeah. most of the people, the vast majority of them, never exhibited before. So that for the first time, they'd put pictures that they'd done in the class, they'd all been done in the class, on the wall. And we had, gosh, I'm trying to think now, but I think there was about a third of the pictures that were up there sold. Really? Now, that's pretty that's good for good, an amateur that's artist. That's a good percentage mm. of work sold. Including, I've got to say, two of your mums. Two of my mums. Yeah, your mum was... She wasn't in my class. You know, what happened was, I didn't have room for her in the class. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously. Just, another, another friend of hers used to come round. Yeah. And they used to work up... In uh, in the flat, yeah, yeah, while I was down uh, during the really, class. yeah, and they beavered away. So what happened when I finished the art class? I used to come up and carry on a, teaching, yeah, <laughs> carry on, yeah, give them a you know, give them a few pointers and so. On. But they did really well. And your mum, your mum so is uh, you she's know, a good, she is she's good. A good there's artist, a, there's a, uh, the bar now is on the wall. I, yes. you know, it's a very good picture. And the one in the kitchen, that, that's yes, uh, the tomato course. still yeah, right. The, yeah, that was hers. Yeah. So, but you know, she she she, she sold, sold two, two pictures two during pictures. that exhibition. Brilliant. And as I say, sales were uh, f- fantastic, and it was a great idea because w- we had a lot of you can imagine a lot of people exhibiting mm. and they all wanted to steward now normally when and i'm sure other people uh, would probably know that stewarding is something you have to twist people's arms to do <laughs> they have to come along and they have to you know sit while the exhibition's on yeah now, a fortnight on you know morning and afternoon and i didn't ha- have any problem what you had how long was the exhibition two weeks it two was. weeks oh. That's a long time. Yeah. As I say, normally you have to twist people's arms. I didn't have to. They volunteered. Because you think about it, they were uh, very keen amateur artists. Yeah. And they, they would, one would person would be in the morning and one would be in the afternoon. Mm. And they were talking to people as they walked around. They loved it. Mm. Absolutely loved it. It was a fantastic, fantastic. We only ever did it once. We never did it again. Only did it the once. Mm. Because uh, from my point of view... It was a lot of work right. involved in it, you know, right. getting it all organised, yeah. hanging the pictures. And do you think so. exhibition people exhi- exhibiting their work is a good good thing to do? I do, yes, I do. You would very, encourage very people much. to do that as definitely any opportunity as soon as you can, um, because there's nothing like if you sell a picture and somebody 
a stranger comes along. I mean, we've all sold to friends, relatives, mm. people we know. But of course, when you do that, you think, mm, yeah, but they're only buying my work out of sympathy with me all because <laughs> or, they know yeah. me. But when you get a complete stranger come along and they say, gosh, I love that. I want to buy it and pay money, you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds, whatever it happens to be. That's quite a privilege. Yeah, to it must make you feel have that done. confidence boost as mm. well for people to make it feel good. And mm. yeah. Oh, I know. I would definitely, though, all those people out in podcast land. Well, there's some brilliant pictures that are not necessarily they all want to sell them, but it's brilliant pictures that are, are going on our Facebook page at the moment. There so are. people should, we should encourage, what you're saying is we should encourage people really if they can mm. to mm. get their work out. The only out thing there. I, would, I would tend to. Uh, Ask people to fight shy of his commission work, taking yes. on commission, because that's not good news, really. No. It's tempting because someone, oh, you paint my dog, we paint my cat, paint my horse, paint my house. Um, it gives an awful lot of pressure on an amateur artist to be able to fulfill that because they, are, they worry why they're doing it. They worry about what's, what the person's going to say. Uh, when they see it, and all that stress is not really worth it. I suppose because also you're doing it for the wrong reasons necessarily. Mm. Not you. You may want to do it, but mm. it's also you're doing it because they've asked you mm. in a way. And some, especially if it's someone you know, you might feel pressured into doing it. Yes, and the people who asked uh, don't realise that pressure. They yes. think, Well, you're an artist. Gosh, gosh, it'd be it would be lovely for you to paint my dog or my cat yeah but they don't realize how much pressure it puts actually on the artist I, I, I completely agree in this in the acting sense or the performing sense if someone mm. asked me like someone asked me a while ago to, to do a, a sing at their wedding and I was like oh my god that's right you know I don't want to do that like but I felt inclined I, I, you know eventually I couldn't but I was best man in the end but that's another story yes I know but, but it's the pressure yeah you think oh no yeah. you know and you don't really look forward to it no, and why do you why do you have to put yourself through it? You don't, you know, yeah, it's just to please somebody unnecessary else. Unnecessary pressure, yeah. So I would never advise that commission work is not good news. But exhibiting a work of art, like as to reiterate the point that we've mentioned before, your artwork is all copyright free in the mm, sense of absolutely. you don't mind people doing your pictures and selling them. Not at all. So if you wanted to exhibit and anyone mm. out there, you're working more than welcome to. That's right. So anyway, it was very successful, mm. and uh, we actually did quite a lot of promotion work. Well, obviously, people used to come up and say, "Where, where did you learn to do that?" And of yeah. course, well, it's, students it's, were. It's proving how good on. your teaching is as well, and and mm. obviously, uh, with the methods that we can teach now, with packs as well as the videos and everything, people mm. more and more people out there are doing mm. good work. That's right. From your teaching, so it's yes. it's really it's yes. good. So good. There's a top tip for listeners. Yes. <laughs> Let's uh, let's move on to some questions. Uh, I've got one. The first one here is from Natalie on YouTube on your starting out with pastel pencil DVD preview. And so the anyone else out there wanting to start pastel pencils, there's a 20 minute DVD preview of our starting out mm. DVD. Natalie says, I viewed your website and I'm wondering about the wildlife starter pack. Like, what if I wanted the pencils with the set? Would it be possible? Yes, it would. Um, we don't actually do it, do we? We, 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 we no. because everything's hard copy. Yes. So you'd have to have a hard copy there, uh, but we sell that for nine pound ninety five for the uh, six subjects. It's quite, quite yeah, a good six subjects you can value. do. For, yeah, for that. And I think there were only about eighteen pencils used, not very many. So that can be done. I was going to actually mention to you whether or not it would be worth, you know, putting it on the website as the eighteen pencils. You know, 
we could bet. Oh, list the pencils. List yep. List pencils. Yeah, we'll get the pencils up. I've, and, got, um, I've got them, the numbers, and I'll give them to you. Great. So, so we, we can recommend, that. yeah, we can recommend the pencils that you need for that, mm. Natalie, and put that so you can buy the individual pencils on our mm. on our website as well. Yep. Okay, excellent. Thanks, Natalie. Next one as well is from YouTube, and that's on your Cougar pastel pencil preparation right. video. And I think it's Jen. Um, that has asked this question. Hi, Colin. Is the 60 colours set the maximum number of colours by Faber-Castell? Or are there more than 60 colours in the pastel pencil range? Thanks. Right. Well, Faber-Castell have a coloured band of, of colours. Now, the, out of that, there's 120 actual colours really? in their coloured band. That's right. their complete colour. Across, across the whole. All mediums. Yeah. Polychromers, right. you know, all the watercolor pencils and so on. Um, however, the pastel pencils only select sixty of those colors. Right. And uh, when I first, when I first uh, got onto Faber Castell, or they got onto me, and said, "Will you uh, promote our pencils?" I came from Carbathello, who had eighty in the range, and I thought, mm, dropping the, the drop, yeah. drop to dropping um, twenty pencils, mm, quite a lot of colors. Could we do it? However, since then, I've only used about 40, 42 of those pencils. Of I only the 60. ever use 42 of those pencils. Because what happens with pastel pencils, as you know, you can actually produce more colour mm. by mixing. Well, that's the, the, the benefit. Which is the of idea of it. Yeah. So you don't really need. So I, I think you don't, there isn't any more than 60. That is the maximum. And that's all you really need. Uh, well, well, I don't think you need that many. Not I, even that I, many, yeah. I you, if you've never used. I don't More use sixty. Yeah. You're going to get you're going to get at least twenty mm. of those pencils staying in the box. What about polychromos? Do they is there is there colours that are in polychromos yeah. is, uh, that aren't pastel pencils or are there crossovers? Uh, oh, we didn't know there's crossovers. It, as I say, every colour Faber Castell have a colour band for 120 colour bands, and they all fit within that. If you had a, a polychromos uh, uh, one two seven. It would be a, the same in pastel pencil. It would be the same mm. colour. So, are there more colours than in the polychromos yes. range that aren't in? Yes, yes, that aren't in the pastel pencil range. So, Absolutely. there's the the, the other colours are available in the polychromos sticks. Oh, sticks! No, sticks. Sticks are exactly the same. Sticks is the exactly 60. the same. Yep. As right. The pastel. I'm sorry. I, polychromos coloured. I thought you meant polychromos pa- uh, ordinary polychromos pencils, which is a different range. Right. But there is 120 of those in, oh, in the poly in the polychromos pencil range. Right. The polychromos pastel range. Sticks. There yeah. The sticks. The pastel sticks. No, there's only right. 60. I just wondered that. It's my yeah, own, my yeah. own question there. <laughs> <laughs> the last question we've got here is from Lauren. It's quite a long one. Hello, Corin. Uh, hello, Corin. Hello, Colin. It's Lauren again. I recall sending you a reference picture of the cheetah, and you provided me with the colours needed, which seems very appropriate. However, I am somewhat anxious to begin the fur, as I have had many issues in the past with applying too much pastel, and therefore the colours do not appear as clear or convincing. Sometimes I feel like I am leaving small gaps when the subject is light. Therefore, I, when I begin to apply the white and following the darker colours... I'm soon confronted with the issue of leaving speckled white areas and correcting it by applying too much pastel. It would be wonderful if you could suggest something that I can keep in mind while considering animal fur. Should I practice on spare pastel paper? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Definitely practice. Practice, practice, practice as much as possible. But practice this. This is 
quite a common thing. When I first see people using the pastel pencils, it, it tends to be sketchy, and there's certainly a great deal of paper that I can see Still through. showing through? Yeah. Right. Now, with the, with the success we have at the pastel pencils, depends on the base colours that we use, the cushion colours we use, and then the mid-tone colours we use, and then the stronger, darker colours we use. So we kind of, there's four operations there. And in between that, now, not a few years ago, but now, we use the colour shaper as well. Now, the idea is to in the first application, you know, maybe white, ivory, light grey, depending on what you're actually starting out with, uh, put that in quite strong. That's got to cover all the paper. You shouldn't really see any sparkle, we call it, don't we? Any yeah, piece of paper coming yeah. through. You shouldn't see any. If you do, you really have to add more paper. I would never suggest at this stage you use a colour shaper. It's tempting to, because yeah. that will smooth it out. But, yeah. but it's not a good idea to do it. And people have watched me know I don't do that. Then I put the, the next colours on. That's the you know, 182 or the, the pinks or whatever colours, the, the intermediary colours, the ones that you want to put on as your base to make the base firmer, stronger. Mm. Mm. And once they're applied, and they're applied because you've got a very good base colour anyway, it's easier to put those on. Mm. But once they're on, then if you really feel you have to, then you can use your blender. But again, I would resist it unless you really have to. So you should start blending. You start mm, mixing the colours too much. And the paper starts absorbing it, doesn't it, as well? Like perhaps more... Yeah, well, it, it's, it's just Makes like it harder to put more on, would you say? Yes, I would say it would be. Because you, the pastel is going into mm. the paper, then it's crushing the paper. Uh, yes. Not crushing it, but like it's, yes, it is mean. a li little bit. Mm. That's right. But once they're on, then the darker colours go on. But you still, when you put the darker colours on, you can still get that same sparkle, we call it, don't mm. we, when you see those. And that, again, is where you need practice, experience, and, if necessary, the colour shaper. It's more important, really, with fur, when you've got fur, to make it yeah. believable. Yeah, yeah, you can't So what, what I've done, what I suggest is go back to YouTube and go to the European goldfinch, yes. Sneak Peek. Yes. It's one of the best examples I can give where I use all those techniques that I've just told you. And when you look at the Finnish goldfinch feathers, you know, that yeah. under, it's the under, underneath the wing, yeah. do you remember? Yeah, I do, yeah. It's absolutely seamless. You can't see any paper coming through. Everything works brilliantly. Now, that, although that's a feather, that would apply to fur. That mm. would apply to anything. It's the same technique that we use. So... That's the best example for people to see I that. think I would well, say it, that. It, it, you've obviously yeah. explained it anyway, but mm. to see it visually, to yeah. see what you mean. You've got to see what I mean. That's a good And it is a, it, it is a problem area, mm. and amateur artists would fall into the trap of not putting enough on. I, I, there's several people, I can, I can even see their pictures now, yeah. where I've had to go in and I've had to say, now, we need a stronger tone here, we need a stronger base. Yeah. It's a common common thing to happen, mm. but you can just yeah. you can get around it. It's it. fearful because you think you're overdoing it. You think you're over yeah. applying. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But it's the right way of applying. It's it, it's the way that the pastel pencils really bring out the really the best in uh, the picture that you're doing. Yeah, and more so with animal fur. Are there other subjects that you get? It's Not so much. No. Um, well, you'd get it with something like 
Spitfire. Anything that's mechanical, you would get it because you need a much smoother finish. There. Yes. You don't want sparkle, don't you? Yes. You don't want texture. Yes, of course. But other things, trees and other things, you, you tend to not to do it. And brickwork or anything like that, you mm. tend to do it. So, that, But uh, you'll see me do that more and more. I mean, in the last two years, I would say, I've really changed quite dramatically. If you go back over the YouTube, that goes back four years now. Uh, four years or so? I think you too. Six. Is it? 2007, oh, I think, our first clip was, yeah. Blimey. Well, if you go back to that, you will see when I, the first few clips, and you see how that changes up to now. The last one was the rhino that's gone on. Yeah. That's gone on. Well, that was lovely. I watched it the other day. The sneak peek, the 20 minute clip yeah. that's gone on. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um, when they've got another one coming, but I won't mention that. No. <laughs> at the <laughs> moment. But that, that was. And that was astounding. You've got something really good, folks, coming up, I tell you. Yeah. And that was really good. And so the difference between 2007 and now, mm. not long, really, no. in, in the years I've been doing 20 or 27 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. But it's changed mm. for the better. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, it's great that there's already stuff out there that people can look at. I mean... I think there's something like 200 videos. I know. Amazing. Um, I think I counted 209 or something mm. videos for free. People can go on YouTube. Yeah. So go ahead. Go over there. Subscribe. But I will tell you, though, it's, it's well appreciated. The comments I get daily yeah. from people all over the world saying, you know, how, how wonderful, you know, the, the, the concept is that mm. they can pick it up and they can... Mm. It, I mean, it's, it's entertaining anyway. If you watch those, it's entertaining. The amount of people... you don't want to do anything about the, it. The amount of people that say that they fall asleep to you, like, <laughs> could fall asleep to your voice. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment. It's like... I don't know whether it's a compliment or not. I know. Well, they say it's very relaxing. I, I, and it, it, it's, it is entertaining watching, mm, you know. It's mm. entertainment as well as learning. It's a nice way of learning. Well, if I keep these antihistamine up, Steve... You will be falling be asleep on more. camera. Oh, so you apply them right and... Then <laughs> <laughs> you wake up and then the ivory. And um, I'll have to. I'll have to. Um, I'll have to do all my work out of uh, pollen season. Won't yeah. I? <laughs> yeah, the summer months. That's it. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Okay, a couple of member updates. Then we've updated the. We've done the daffodil. Part two went up this weekend, so the yep. daffodil's finished. Great little exercise. That's done. The rhino is. Seven, part seven, so I think we've got a couple more of those. Yes. And then this week, we're starting the Quinton. <gasps> the big reveal. Wow. AR Quinton. So that Facebook picture is going to be up this week. On when the, do you want me to put it up, Steve? Next couple of days. All right. Whenever you feel like it. Just to reveal it to people. I will. And that's going to give them a surprise. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, it's what a cut. Yeah, I've started cutting it together and it's it's looking really good. Good. It looks really good on camera. So, yes, so people will be able to give that a go. I hope they do. Yeah, and I think that's it. There's still lots to come, but um, that's all we've got for you this week, I think. I think we've done well. I've got to drive back to London now. Of course, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let me go. All right. Um, Anyway, yes, so if you get a chance, everyone, it'd be lovely if you could, if you haven't already, um, put a rating out of five stars on iTunes and write a little comment if you've got a minute. That would be great. And you can, as always, listen to us on Stitcher Radio using your iPad, iPhone, or Android device, or go to our website, colinbradleyart.co.uk, and you can listen to the podcast through there. And, yeah, if you, so if you get a chance, give us a rating and, um, or write us a comment on Facebook, let, you know, let us know if you're enjoying it. 
and anything that you'd like us to talk about, send them over. If you've got a question for Dad, you can write to colin at bradleygallery.co.uk and in the subject line, can you put podcast so we know that your question is for the podcast and we will answer it for you. Are we getting some good questions at the moment? Yeah, so keep, keep them coming. It's really good. And that's about it for this week. So thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Stephen Bradley. I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week. You know what the cure for hay fever is, don't you? What's that? Cup of tea. Ah, I'll go along with that. You know I managed all that without a sneeze. <laughs> you did. Well done. you sneeze now, <laughs> haven't you? Probably. <laughs> <laughs>